Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, a show exploring how herbs heal as medicine, as food, and through nature connection. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt. I'm an herbalist teacher and the best-selling author of the books Alchemy of Herbs and Wild Remedies. I created this podcast to share trusted herbal wisdom so that you can get the best results when relying on herbs for your health. I love offering up practical knowledge to help you dive deeper into the world of medicinal plants and seasonal living. My goal is that you'll walk away from each episode feeling inspired to start working with herbs in your everyday life. Each episode of the podcast is available on my Herbs with Rosalie YouTube channel, as well as your favorite podcast app. Transcripts and recipes for each episode can be found at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. To get the latest news as well as fun bonuses, be sure to sign up for my weekly herbal newsletter. Okay, grab your cup of tea. Let's dive in. Wild bergamot is a plant by many names. Some call it bee balm, while others refer to it by its botanical name, Monarda vistulosa. However, you name this spicy plant, it's a beautiful treasure that can be found in our fields and gardens. In this episode, I'm sharing bee balm plant benefits, including its gifts for digestion, colds and flu, and other infections. One of my favorite ways to enjoy wild bergamot is as a tea. So I'll be sharing my bee balm tea recipe with you as well. Depending on the species, bee balm flowers explode in a colorful display ranging from soft lavender and white to dark pink and brilliant red. The species Monarda fistulosa is specifically a soft lavender color. Although bee balm is easily grown in the garden, the spicy mint is endemic to North America and can be found growing throughout the US and Canada. It has been used as medicine extensively by many different Native American tribes, including the Cheyenne, Cherokee, Choctaw, Navajo, Lakota, and Ojibwa. Bee balm has many gifts to offer. It can find its way into your culinary spice cabinet, yet can also be some of our most potent medicine against infections and stagnant conditions. Do you have experience with wild bergamot and bee balm plant benefits? I'd love to hear about it in the comments on YouTube or on the official podcast page, herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. Your comments mean a lot to me because I love cultivating a community of kind-hearted plant-loving folks. Plus, it's always interesting and insightful to hear the experiences of plant lovers out there. And you never know, your suggestion may also help others. Okay, let's dive in. Bee Balm Energetics. Bee Balm is spicy, warming, stimulating, and diffusive. While its taste is somewhat similar to thyme and oregano, it has its own special flavor. The flavor can vary widely between species or even within the same species growing in different locations. One of the most common questions I get about bee balm is, can I use all the species in a similar way? My answer is yes and no. While the species are worked with in similar ways, their wide differences in flavor show us that specific use and dosage will vary between plants. This is the perfect example of why it's so important to taste herbs all the time. It's only by consistently tasting and getting to intimately know them through their taste profiles that we can really begin to understand the nuances between the species and between individual plants. There's another reason to taste bee balm. Bee balm is a wonderful plant to taste to experience the quality of diffusiveness. Diffusive herbs break up stagnant energy and move it through the body. 
So examples of stagnant energy include stuck mucus in the lungs or sinuses, sluggish digestion with bloating and belching, and a feeling of coldness in the hands and feet. Drinking a strong tea of lemon balm shows you exactly how the diffusive action feels. You can feel the warmth spread from the core to your periphery, and you can feel stagnant energies, such as mucus or digestion, begin to move and release. I'll share my bee balm tea recipe in just a bit. If you're new to the concepts of herbal energetics and understanding if a plant or condition is hot or cold or damp or dry, then I highly recommend my first book, Alchemy of Herbs. This has been a popular book with well over 100,000 copies sold and many thousands of five-star reviews. It shows you exactly how to choose herbs that are best for you based on how an herb tastes and herbal energetics. You can find Alchemy of Herbs at your favorite bookstore or library. Bee balm for infections. Wild bergamot or bee balm is a powerful plant for many different types of infections. The general term we use for this is antimicrobial. Here's some examples of bee balm's antimicrobial gifts. For mouth infections, a tea made from bee balm or a tincture of bee balm that's been diluted in water not only freshens your breath, but can also address infections of the mouth and gums. In regards to chemical constituents, bee balm is closely related to thyme and oregano, all of which contain high concentrations of thymol, which is a strong antimicrobial. Thymol is a major ingredient in many commercial mouthwashes, but with bee balm, we have a source that can grow right in our backyard. Thymol has also been shown to inhibit oral cancers in vitro, but it would be really interesting to see human clinical trials using the whole plant medicine of bee balm. For fungal and yeast infections, bee balm is strongly antifungal, lending itself to combating topical infections as well as imbalanced gut flora. Bee balm hydrosol was shown to be effective against filament formation and growth of candida albicans. And for topical fungal infections, try a wash made from Monarda tea in addition to taking it internally as a tincture or tea. Seborrhea is a chronic skin condition that commonly affects the sebaceous glands. It can manifest as dandruff or cradle cap and may be partly in due to a yeast overgrowth. One study showed that Monarda essential oil is a prospective medicine for these conditions. But be careful with the essential oil. It's very potent and it needs to be carefully diluted. And I don't recommend using Monarda essential oil on small children. For urinary tract infections, bee balm's strong antimicrobial actions make it a fabulous remedy for urinary tract infections or UTIs. I like to combine wild bergamot with a mallow like marshmallow root to soothe the inflamed urinary tract. A preliminary in vitro study showed that when cranberry was used in conjunction with thymol, there was an increased ability to disrupt the E. coli biofilms that are often associated with UTIs. I find that a blend of bee balm, cranberry, and marshmallow to be a lovely and healing tea for the urinary tract. For bacterial infections. One in vitro study of one species of bee balm, Monarda punctata, 
showed that the essential oil inhibited a broad spectrum and variable degree of antibacterial activity against three different strains of bacteria that often infect the upper respiratory tract. The researchers also stated the essential oil even caused serious morphological damage to the drug-resistant Staphylococcus aureus, which is very encouraging. Bee balm promotes digestion. Do you ever feel like your digestion is stuck as the food simply sits in your stomach weighing you down? Well, as a spicy carminative herb, bee balm can promote healthy digestion and relieve discomfort such as indigestion, bloating, cramping, and even excessive gas. It's especially helpful when there are accompanying signs of coldness, for example, a white coating on the tongue, or the abdomen feels cold, or general feelings of coldness. Historically, bee balm was used against cholera, and it's still used today to address diarrhea. In 1919, Finley Ellingwood, an eclectic herbalist, wrote, bee balm soothes gastric and intestinal pain in the absence of inflammation, especially in cholera morbus, and overcomes nausea and vomiting. It controls diarrhea from debility with relaxation of mucous structures of the intestinal canal. Bee balm for colds and the flu. So remember that bee balm is a diffusive herb. It brings heat from the core of the body to the periphery and can move many stagnant conditions associated with an upper respiratory infection. This warming diffusive quality makes bee balm a powerful one-stop pharmacy for the cold and flu season. Reach for it especially when there are any signs of coldness, which can be as simple as feeling chilled at the onset of a fever. The hot tea can ease the discomfort of fever with chills, and herbalist Matthew Wood recommends it when there's a fever with clammy, cold skin. The tea or inhaled steam can loosen congested mucus in the nose and lungs, and an infused Monarda honey can soothe a sore throat. It's also really yummy. Bee balm as an amenagogue. One of the ways bee balm helps to break up stagnancy through its diffusive actions is by promoting delayed menses and helping to reduce the spasms of menstrual cramping. This is called an amenagogue. Bee balm is considered safe for most people, but because of its ability to promote suppressed menstruation, it should not be taken in medicinal doses when pregnant. Bee balm for wounds and burns. Bee balm is a wonderful remedy for burns. It can be infused in honey or vinegar and used as a tea wash or even as a spit poultice. Once the heat has left the burn, it can be implied as an infused oil or salve. How to identify bee balm or Monarda fistulosa. As I said before, bee balm has many common names, but they're all referring to some type of Monarda species. There are about 16 different species of Monarda, and as far as I know, all can be used somewhat interchangeably. The taste of the plant will give us insight into its potency and special gifts. Monarda fistulosa, Monarda punctata, Monarda menthifolia, and Monarda didyma are the ones that are most commonly used in herbal medicine. Bee balm grows readily in the garden, as well as in native wildflower meadows. All species of Monarda are endemic to North America. You can differentiate the species through both flower color and growth patterns. Bee balm is a perennial plant that can grow up to six feet tall, but can grow anywhere from one to six feet at maturity. 
Being a member of the mint family, bee balm has many mint family characteristics. It has square stems and opposite lanceolate leaves. Its flowers are tubular and have the typical lipped appearance. The color of the flowers can vary between species. Monarda fistulosa has light purple colored flowers. Monarda dedima has red flowers. And Monarda punctata, or spotted bee balm, is a beautiful flower with some light pink and yellow colorings. The individual flowers are spotted. Consider growing bee balm. Bee balm is hard to find to buy, but it's a beautiful and easy plant to enjoy in the garden. Its beautiful lavender, red, white, or pink blooms are easy to love. Plus it attracts many pollinators, including hummingbirds. As you can see, I can easily grow a year's worth of bee balm, plus leave flowers and leaves behind for the pollinators. Bee balm can be susceptible to powdery mildew, so avoiding overhead watering is important. Look for which species may grow near you and then consider cultivating them. A study in the Great Lakes region showed that Monarda fistulosa was one of the top three plants for being the most attractive to bee communities. How to make bee balm tea. All species of bee balm can be used in a similar manner. However, once you taste various species, you can easily see how much difference there is between them. Some bee balm plants are super hot and spicy. Others tend to be a lot milder. The particular qualities of the bee balm you have will help you to determine dosage as well as use. I personally prefer the spicy hot nature of Monarda fistulosa. Others prefer the milder aspects of Monarda didyma. The taste can even vary between individual plants within the same species. The flowers are often milder than the leaves and bee balm really does give us a lot of tasting opportunities to really understand that nature is never standardized. And that's why it's so important for us to taste and assess the plants we work with regularly. I know that you'll succeed the most when you work with the herbs themselves. That's why I love to make things practical and I share recipes with every episode. This bee balm tea recipe is a great way to simply taste and experience this potent plant so you can better understand its many gifts. To make this tea, you'll need one tablespoon of finely crumbled dried bee balm leaves and flowers and 12 ounces of water. To make this, boil the water and then pour it over the dried bee balm, stir well, and then cover for five minutes. After five minutes, strain off the leaves and flowers and sip it while warm. You can also add a sweetener of your choice, but before you do, I recommend that you take a few sips of the pure tea just to get to know it better. Then spend a few moments to reflect on the taste as well as how it makes you feel. Can you feel those diffusive properties? A bee balm tea is just one way to enjoy the bee balm plant benefits. Bee balm also makes a great alcohol extract or tincture and can also be extracted into honey, which is fabulous for sore throats, vinegar, which is great for salad dressing, or you can even add a honey and vinegar mixture to make an oxymel. Also infusing it into oil is wonderful for making salves. It also makes a great culinary spice. Consider adding it to dishes where you would normally add oregano or thyme. So eggs or pizza or spaghetti sauce, even vegetables and steak all combine well with this spicy plant. 
If you're interested in how to make potent herbal medicines in your own kitchen with my direct support and guidance, then check out our course, Rooted Medicine Circle. This 10-month course shows you how to make strong herbal remedies from plants that you grow, gather, or buy. Check out the show notes to get more information and to sign up on the waitlist. This live course enrolls each year in January. Don't miss out on your free printable recipe card for this bee balm tea recipe. If you're watching on YouTube, then you can click the link in the video description. Or if you're listening to the podcast, you can go directly to the show notes at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. Also in the video description and show notes, I've included other helpful links to support you on your herbal journey. If you enjoyed this video on wild bergamot and bee balm plant benefits, and you value trusted herbal information, then I hope you'll stick around. The best way to get started is to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. One of the best ways to retain and fully understand something you've just learned is to share it in your own words. With that in mind, I invite you to share your takeaways with me and the entire Herbs with Rosalie community. You can leave comments on my YouTube channel, on the herbswithrosaliepodcast.com show notes page, or simply hit reply to my Wednesday emails. I read every comment that comes in, and I'm excited to hear your herbal thoughts about this spicy plant. I deeply believe that this world needs more herbalists and plant-centered folks, and I'm so glad that you're here as part of this herbal community. Also, a big round of thanks to the people all over the world who make this podcast happen week to week. Nicole Paul is the project manager who oversees the whole operation from guest outreach to writing show notes to actually uploading each episode and so many other things I don't even know. She really holds this whole thing together. Francesca is our fabulous video and audio editor. She not only makes listening more pleasant, she also adds beauty to the YouTube videos with plant images and video overlays. Tatiana Rusikova is the botanical illustrator who creates gorgeous plant and recipe illustrations for us. I love them. I know that you do too. Christy edits the recipe cards and then Jenny creates them as well as the thumbnail images for YouTube. Michelle is the tech wizard behind the scenes and Karen is our student services coordinator and customer support. For those of you who like to read along, Jennifer is who creates the transcripts each week. Xavier, my handsome French husband, is the cameraman and website IT guy. It takes an herbal village to make it all happen, including you. Okay, you've lasted to the very end of the show, which means you get a gold star and this herbal tidbit. Wild bergamot is endemic to North America, and it has many reciprocal and interdependent relationships with the landscape where it naturally grows. Interestingly, many mammals avoid the plant probably because of its hot and spicy flavor. But this doesn't stop many pollinators from visiting the flowers. Here's an impressive list of some of bee balm's frequent visitors. The tubular flowers attract long-tongued bees, butterfly skippers, and hummingbird moths. The Illinois Wildflower site says that wasps will actually grab bee balm nectar by biting into the nectar tube. Hummingbirds like the ruby-throated hummingbird also love to visit the flowers. I love sitting quietly nearby the bee balm in my garden to watch the bees, butterflies, and hummingbirds delight in its gifts. At times, the bee balm flowers can be hosting so many pollinators, the entire plant seems to vibrate. Hey, thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. 
And if you're a new listener, thanks for checking out the show. And don't forget that you can find all the recipes, links, and show notes over at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe and get updates when new episodes release and even submit your requests for future podcast episodes. The world needs more people who are connected to the earth and the healing gifts of plants. I'm so glad that you're here for this adventure. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Rising Appalachia for the use of their beautiful song, Resilience. Listen to more from Rising Appalachia at risingappalachia.com.